Coming to you from the lab where they talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Mike and Big Key, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I talk to the master of basic dude stuff and learn how to improve survivability with combat strength training. I just want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. And as always, I cannot get this show started without the big man across the table. Big Keith is back in the house this week. Keith, how we doing? I'm doing good, man. That was a heartfelt, basic dude stuff. Yeah, man. I tried. I tried to... I tried to uh, Get it down from the gut. Get it down from the gut. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if it'll do justice to our guest, but I, I tried. I'm sure he will appreciate it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, I thought about what I was going to talk to you about. We really haven't talked since this weekend. We, we were together this weekend. Yes, we, we were. hanging out with our buddy Charlie from uh, Gun Graham and Riding Shotgun with Charlie. Yes, sir. And I really can't get over what happened to us at West Point. Hit me with it. What's up? I cannot believe that they wouldn't let us in that museum without a mask when the guy behind the counter wasn't wearing a mask. And you know what was even worse is they want you to wear a mask. I mean, come on, everyone has a box of masks. If you require a mask, everyone has a box of masks. I, I would think so. And this was West Point. Yeah. Military Academy. Sure. Yeah. It was tough. I, I, I just can't stop thinking about it. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty close to complaining to one of our federal representatives, but... I, I just don't, I don't want the guy to get in trouble for not... I mean, it's not his fault and it's not, he wouldn't get in trouble. But I mean, it's more, it's more like, I think, is it, isn't it time? Like we start reevaluating, the listen, mask didn't help anybody. We're in a Rona world and I am not a Rona girl, so uh, I... guess that's the way to, I guess that's the way to end small talk. I am not, I'm not down with that <laughs> nonsense. So let's talk about a few ways that our listeners can support the show. I want to say, I want to thank everyone who reached out to me on Instagram, um, but you know, people please... Continue to support us. Join our mailing list. Go to thegunexperiment.com. That is the home base for everything. Uh, leave us five-star reviews and comments on Apple Podcasts. You can now leave them on Spotify as well. You can do a five-star there. I believe you have to listen to X amount of minutes of audio before they'll let you actually do it so that you're not just... Oh, so we crossed the threshold where now people can complain. Well, I think it's just a five-star. So a complaint will be one star. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. I can handle that. Yeah, I can handle yeah. a few of those. And uh, But hopefully we get the five stars, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I don't mind the constructive criticism either. At least yeah. they're listening. Most, exactly. You know. Reach out, hit us up, let us know what you think. And of course, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Mostly Instagram is where I kind of uh, keep in touch with people, but uh, you know, either one is fine. And it's then uh, it's definitely you keeping in touch, not me. It's definitely not you. <laughs> <laughs> Our sponsor for this show is Resurgent Arms. Uh, we know oh. we've talked about this many, many times. I am very happy to say that a lot of people are responding, buying products from Resurgent Arms. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, they're they're a great company, and they do more than just the New York Cali compliance stuff. They do now. They do um, grips. Uh, I'm sorry, on top of grips, they do uh, handguards and things like that. So, all right. So uh, before we get to our guests, we have one final thing to take care of here. We did get a new review, um, and right. it's titled "I Love This." It's so simple, short, and sweet. You will like it by <laughs> Wagner Farms KW. A must listen if you live in New York. Hosts are great. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, how could I disagree? I think we're great. And uh, <laughs> short and sweet. I like a man that just gets right to the point. Anyway, while we're talking about a guy that gets right to the point, I think this guest is a great addition to the show and our lineup. Our guest tonight served 22 years in the Army in a myriad of special operations units, becoming an impeccable marksman along the way. His military experience quickly taught him that there is more to tactical marksmanship than merely squeezing the trigger. He has since developed a training methodology that he has used to train people of all levels of marksmanship from varsity level soldiers to civilians with little to no time behind the trigger. Please welcome Pat McNamara to the show. Pat, how are we doing? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me, guys. Dude, I wish this show was about Rona. I could really get on the show. <laughs> I got a feeling you're on the same side of this conversation as us. Oh, my yeah. God, man. It's driving me freaking insane. The amount of hypocrisy that's Ugh. going on. And as far as believing the science goes, please, that's been out the window for uh, 
about a year now or I, more. I, Pat, I don't remember how much you remember growing up, but I remember in science, you were supposed to question science and you were supposed right. to look at it from different ways and right. you were supposed to try to find ways to prove that it wasn't right. I, I just, right. I don't think that works anymore. What, what I, it's, just, it's subjective. It's not objective. Subjective. There you go. Yeah. 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 So I have to tell you, I, I'm a big fan. Um, I, I actually, I bought your combat strength training book a long time ago, about, been, about a year ago. He's been geeking out and hoping and praying he could have well-groomed facial hair like you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before we get into anything, I want to first off, thank you for your service. Uh, it is very much appreciated. Yeah. You, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. Man. So let's uh, let's kick this thing off. So uh, right I would on. I would call you a bit of a Renaissance man. I, I, yeah, he's been called, he's yeah. been called worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's kind of like run down the list a little bit here. So you create beautiful artwork. You gar yes. you garden. Yep. You yep. bird you bird watch. Big time bird watching. There's a lot to that. You know, bird watching is is optics. It's it's hunting. It's identification. Yep. Yeah. All these th all of these hobbies have. Um, minute, you know, uh, facets to them that uh, have to be kind of mastered on individual uh, scale as well. Like, you know, like music, for instance. You, there's so many things that goes into that. And I, and here's the thing too: I, I am not a master of any one of these hobbies. You know, photo, uh, um, drawing, but I like to golf. I don't care archery. Um, but I want to be able to do all of them. Well, I was going to say you love to metal too, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did you become so diverse in your interests and passions? Like, how did that happen? You know what? Here it is. Um, it, when you're a kid, um, you know, ADD can be a, can be a curse. Yep. Uh, as you get older, it could, it could become a reward, you know, if you know how to harness it. Yeah, man. Um, and thankfully I had a dad who, because I, I wanted to do this thing, then I wanted to do this. Thing. And he wouldn't like uh, draw on the reins. You know, he would say, all right, we're not going to spend a lot of money on this in case it doesn't stick. But <laughs> this isn't a high dollar um, hobby that you're asking for. But, you know, it, in it, in it, I know it drove him crazy to some degree. But the thing is, I learned how to do all these things, like ride a unicycle. Then I wanted to juggle and then juggle while I was riding a unicycle. <laughs> and the drawing thing was easy because that was dirt cheap, you know, and 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 then it got into oil painting, uh, which costs a little bit more. Um, but they just kind of stacked one on top of the other. And uh, and they're they're still stacking. Yesterday, I started tying flies for the first time. Uh, oh, okay. I, 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 had a, I did that hobby for a little while. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been a fly fisherman since I was 10. So why shouldn't I? No, right. it's, it's I've, great. I've always told people, they say, why don't you tie your own flies? I say, because. Because Orvis makes perfectly good ones <laughs> they for really $2 do. a piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it takes a long time to tie one of those flies. Yeah. Right, right. But now that I'm doing it, I'm like, man, I could, I could get into this. A lot of times people don't take on new things because they're afraid of the fear of failure, right? But it sounds right. like you just kind of take it head on. And if you fail, you fail. And if not, you know, you, you got a new hobby, right? Yeah. You pretty much know whether it's going to stick or not. Um Based on not whether you're good at it, but if it's piquing your interest, are you sure. still interested in this? It might look like shit. You know, if you just start like I tell people all the time, you know, if they want to start an easy hobby, just just pull out a sketchbook and just sketch some still art. And if you suck at it, but you're still interested in it, well, keep doing it. <laughs> well, so you're starting to tie flies. Have you yep. had any hobbies over the years that you just that didn't stick that you don't continue to do? What are some of the ones you didn't like? That's a that's a pretty good question, and I don't think, I don't think I've started any that I haven't um, uh, become proficient at. Least, at. at least at least made something tangible mm -hmm. that I could say I did that, but now I'm done with that. <laughs> okay, how about any that you uh, that you really you know maybe need to keep going on, finish and, and really. Oh, uh, you know, level. I just started um, months just months now. Um, recurve bow oh. um and uh man am Good i in love you. with that i'll go down it, it, three or four times a week across the street from me in the field and i'll shoot 250 arrows in a whack that's cool yeah um and now i'm you know I'm, I'm at 25 yards and i have a um a rate of fire of 10 arrows per minute and they're all on target at 25 yards nice. where 
four or five months ago, I was hitting, you know, three out of 10, maybe, and then losing three arrows in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a, uh, that is a hard, a hard thing to take up. Cause you know, with, with a compound, obviously you have sites and there's a little more yeah, technology. Right. So it's, it's a little bit tough now, you know, it I, is. I would say Keith and I both are very hobby rich. Um, one of our Good. passions, obviously, is firearms. I, I love to take training courses. I know one of your courses that you offer is called the Sentinel course. And mm-hmm. it, ex- it. Yeah, it explores the principles of executive protection and how we can apply them to protecting ourselves, our loved ones, so on and so forth. Can you give us some tips on the best places to start in regards to becoming your own executive protection, as you put it? Yeah. So in order to be the, uh, the the agent in charge of your own executive protection detail, it it, it starts with um, software versus the hardware. You know, people are usually thinking, what gun do I need to get? Well, you know, in order to shoot a gun, you have to have training. You know, you just not going to pull that out and, and be accurate at 10 yards with five round shots from appendix concealed. It's not going to happen. Um, so software first and it starts with just uh situational awareness visual acuity you know how, how how much information can you take in without seeking information and that can be done just by you know sitting at your pub and observing people or as you walk into a restaurant taking a snapshot of the room or as you get out of a car in the walmart parking lot which i call the epicenter for disaster planning <laughs> you know taking so taking in information knowing where you parked and then you could pass that information down to the to your kiddos. I when, when my kiddos were little, and we'd go to I just used Walmart as, as an example. Um, I would always tell them, "All right, heads on a swivel," and then play these games. All right, hey, uh, remember where we parked. And then we when we enter the uh, the Walmart, I would say this is our en route rally point. And they would love it, you know, <laughs> military terms. Yeah, yeah. See, if we get separated, we meet here. And then as we get into the guts more, all right, this is our new en route rally point right here. If we get separated, we meet here. Did you ever and lose them on purpose, Pat? No, but I lost my kid, my kid once by accident <laughs> when, he was, when he was five. And I was like, holy shit. And this is right before I started like training them on this. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, it probably uh, accelerated that training after that. But, but you know what? Um, Kudos, and this was in Walmart. <laughs> but uh, so I ran as, to a register. Not as and, an example, uh, for real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ran to a register. I told them, hey, my five-year-old kids, I separated from them. And Walmart went on lockdown, man. Oh, kudos to them. them. Yeah. yeah. They freaking locked, they, they locked down the doors. And and then I got a call. Hey, uh, over in the sports department, there's a little kid here playing with some balls. And, <laughs> yeah, that's him. <laughs> well, I got to say this. I do have to say this. Um, for those that don't know who Pat Mac is, and I think a lot of people do. I mean, you're like a, you're a legit badass. I'm just gonna put it out there, right? But Appreciate I'll bet, yeah. But I'll bet that in that moment you were like, "Oh shit," and a little yeah, bit man. scared because you lose your kid. That's a big. That's a big deal. Yeah, I just yeah, wouldn't want to call my wife like that. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I have to, I have to say, you know, I'm a gear junkie. I love just buying mm-hmm. stuff. Keith makes fun of me. I have a million holsters and I love yeah. buying stuff. But I'm just as bad as you. Oh I mean, yeah. I, 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 but I do have to agree with you. It really, you do have to put some time and money and effort into the training part, right? That's where it all kind right. of starts. Well, we're, we've been yeah. fortunate because we're doing this podcast. We're starting to put those things together a little bit more. And mm-hmm. you know, Pat, you're absolutely right. Like I wish we had started some of this soft skill training, you know, earlier Right. And and now, you know, we're making up for lost time, but everybody out there listening, I think that's real good advice. Well, you know, and I have to go that route because I have to assume that not all of my listeners, followers, fans are, are gun people. Right. So, um, it's, so I, it, it's kind of comforting to them when I don't talk about guns up front. I say, hey, if there's one piece of equipment you want to have on you at all times, it's a good flashlight. You know, good handheld flashlight. You know, I, I, there's there's a lot of cases that, where I would rather have that than a gun. That's probably I've, uh, that's I've probably used my... it many more times than I have used yeah. a gun. You know, you're always going to use a flashlight. It's my most recent gear purchase. Yeah, a good flashlight. Yep. Yeah, you know, yeah. we had a guest on many many moons ago. Um, at this point, and uh, he was a, a federal agent. It, it was mm-hmm. undisclosed what he actually did. Um, he just wanted to sound cool. Pat. Yeah, he really did. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, one of the things we talked about was the use of a flashlight. And after that episode, I went out and bought just, it's a little, a little 250 lumen. It's very small. Yep. I knew I would carry it, but I have to say I used it a lot 
And mm-hmm. people don't realize the usefulness of it as an actual intermediate uh, device, right? Like you can blind someone, you can kind of yeah. give yourself some distance and mm-hmm. people don't realize, I mean, it's tiny, this thing I have, and it it fits right in my pocket. But it's a good quality. It wasn't expensive. Exactly. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be, you know, this $300 purchase. It, you yeah. can get away with something that's... Yeah, you don't yeah. need a thousand lumens either. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I went with a thousand lumens, Pat, but that's yeah. <laughs> some people just some people just need all of the lumens. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't help myself. Uh, when yeah. you when you retired from the military, was doing these type of courses and training these type of courses was that what you wanted to do? Was that on your radar? Uh, no, but it's what I knew how to do. Okay, because you know we all we all find a knack. You know what is it that we're good at? And um, when I retired, I, I was hired before I was retired to work in a corporation and they wanted me to build a uh, a training branch. And I did that. And a couple years into it, I got laid off, which was the worst and best thing that ever happened to me, you know, all at the same time, because it's scary as shit, because you're like, well, well what am I going to do now? <laughs> but I generated my own company. and It, it exploded. Um, it went it, it just went batshit crazy right out of the gates. And, um, yeah, I, I love it. I can't imagine ever stopping Now I have dialed back way back on it. Mm-hmm. I'm not even traveling anymore for training. I'm doing all courses local. Oh, I've dialed, okay. yep. Dialed way back. Um, Rona saved my life. Coronacation <laughs> made me, made me real rethink my, my business plan and, and, you know, my business strategy. So I'm doing, Almost everything. I'm not traveling anymore for business. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Well, you have a I'm good reputation, tr- right? So I, I feel like when yep. you build that reputation, you can di- you can dial it in a little more, and people will come yep. to you, right? Right. Well, yeah. Yep. And, and and what's emerging more too are not just my open enrollment, but private courses. Yeah. Because right. there's always all these new um, gun owners, and it, thankfully they're saying, "Hey, man, you know, I want to." Um, you know, be the agent in charge of my own executive de- protection detail. I have a gun. Yeah. I have no idea how to use it. Well, I'm your huckleberry. <laughs> I, you know what? Can we can, can we talk about that? I mean, obviously, leave names out of it, but give us some stories because Mike and I are fascinated with the new gun owners. We're yeah. fascinated. Oh, with, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, We've yeah, yeah. brought a lot of people yeah. into the fold in our own mm-hmm. lives. Yep. So we're very yep. like, it's a, it's a passion thing for and, us. And we believe, we believe strongly that it's a big part of what's going to continue to save the Second Amendment. We got to get these people Absolutely. on our side and voting the way we vote. So talk to us. Have you had any, have they all been, God, I hate putting labels out there. Um, you know, yeah, just describe a couple of them. And, and, and I'm hoping that you're able to describe people from both sides, you know? Well, a lot of them now are converts, right? So they've, they've converted. That's good to hear. They've realized because they lived in these, these shitholes that have been in, in complete chaos. Like remember the, uh, the riots in 2020 yeah, that never yeah. happened. Oh, the, yeah. Um, I was going to say they weren't riots, were they? <laughs> No, no, no. They were the uh, peaceful, peaceful um, protests. protests. Yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were helping Never themselves. Happened. Nothing was, there was not $10 billion worth of damage. Nope. And nope. Dozens killed. Nope. Anyway. So a lot of people, a lot of those emerged from that, you know, they, they moved out. Now a lot of them brought their politics with them to, you know, Tennessee, North Carolina, <laughs> Cal, uh, Texas, Florida. Um, but, um, but a lot of them did it. They were like, dude, man, I need to rethink my, my train of thought. That's here. good to hear. Uh, yeah. So um, now some of them I've taken by the hand through the entire process where they've contacted me on social media and said, hey, I need to readjust my thinking. Can you recommend something to buy? And sometimes I entertain those and sometimes I don't. If they say something like, and then I want training from you, <laughs> <laughs> then now I have vested interest. Yeah. You know? So so I'll I'll hand carry them through the process a little bit more. And, uh, and then they'll come, I've, I've had a whole family of six come from Colorado. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. And you have a whole family of six. The youngest I think was 16 and just so four kids in different age range. But, um, um, and, and, and I tell you, it's, it's, uh, recently I had a private course. This was great. Remember, um, Oh, last month, the, uh, where was that synagogue, Texas, right? Yes. Synagogue, yes. Hostage. But I, I trained these, um, uh, uh, Jewish guys out of New York and <laughs> they have a private, um, yeah. uh, security force they, that they, protects their synagogues. Yes. It's, it's a bone of contention here in New York. Dude, uh, right. they, they've been, they've been photographed with ARs with things that, 
you're not supposed to have in a- New York. Just say it. A- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, yeah, thank you. It's, it's ARs with, uh, with, with, I'm trying to think detachable magazines and basically no non compliant ARs yeah. in New York State. And they're just bayonet they're, lugs and, you know. Yep. But I say good for them. Good yeah. for them. No, no, I don't. I don't. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate you saying yeah. that because I, I didn't yeah. want it to come across that, you know, we're uh, um, um, I'm, I'm glad that they figured out a way to get around it. You know yeah. what I yeah. mean? I guess right. that's the best right. way to say it. If any of them are listening, can you please come up and tell me how to get around that? You right. Know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 I appreciate them doing that. Yeah. You know, they, these guys were good, too, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they were, it was obvious no, that they, they had sought out training. They, 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 What's pra- that? they practice, they want to do good. They want to know, right. they want to do the right thing. Yep. They're responsible. They're, they were very professional and they were a freaking riot on the ranks. They <laughs> cracked me up for a couple of days. <laughs> you know, What's but funny? I, was, I, I, I pinged a couple of them on, um, I texted them. I said, man, imagine if that were in your synagogue due to be in a freaking world of hurt, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Right. You know, you mentioned yeah. earlier that like they bring their politics with them. I just want to I want to point something out, and we've said this many times, but I want to point new out shooters. Right now, new shooters are new shooters. But regardless, you know, you're entitled to your political beliefs, whether it be more on the left or more on the right. And you and I have said this many times, Keith. But the Second Amendment should be apolitical. Your yeah. right to protect yourself and to protect your family and to protect your mm-hmm. way of life—that is not a political thing. They've made it political. Correct. Right. Right. Yep. So you know, kind of continue on with this this gun stuff. Uh, you served as your unit's marksmanship NCO. Mm-hmm. So yep. Right. Correct. Yes. So would you say that's when you really dialed in your proficiency as a shooter? Um, what are some lessons maybe that you learned in becoming such a good shooter that you could pass on Ooh, to us? Yeah, one of one of them isn't isn't attractive because it's it was hard. And um so like a lot of guys, you know, I was into uh Ipsic and chasing the numbers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you hit a you hit a plateau in Ipsic, right? So that A class, how do I get to master? <laughs> you know, and it's all about crunching numbers and and speed divided by um, accuracy and what, however, I forget how the hit factor works. But um, uh, I started doing military competitions too. Yeah. Like all like rifle, iron sight. So in other words, national match stuff. Yes. Yes. So a little bit boring. And then I got into the CMP, the Civilian Marksmanship Program and EIC. Excellent we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of high power yeah. guests on our yeah. show, a couple of them at least. Dude, the EIC, no joke. And I tell guys who are in the military, I said, hey, man, that's a program that exists. And it's a very, like, well-kept secret. But if you want to get good in shooting, no matter what it is, speed shooting three gun, Mm -hmm. do that nerdy crap. And it's going to make you way better. Really? Um, I I was able to retire distinguished uh, pistol shooter. Uh, and that was no joke, you know, because it's 50 yard bullseye shooting. Wow. Yeah. Strong hand. What, what kind of pistol were you using for that? You have to, it, it's gotta be a, um, uh, what's it called? Not a government issue. Like a 45 a Colt, like a Colt 45. Yeah. It's gotta be government issue. So it was, a, it was either a 1911 stock. The only modifications you could have a match grade barrel and adjustable sights or <laughs> at the time was, uh, an M9 Beretta. Okay. So no um, red dots, no fancy shit right, right. now. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so bullseye because, 50 yards. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Because there was no, nobody wanted mechanical advantage. Yeah. So, you know, um, my nut just tingled know, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was real tough, you know, um, uh, big time learning curve. I got real good at it, but like anything, it took work. I yeah. mean, work and coaching. Yeah. Uh, but man, did that open it really opened my eyes up to the world of shooting. So you you Do started. I, I don't teach it anymore. You you were get you, you started your path of being a marksman before you you started to serve. Oh no 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 no! I sucked before I <laughs> okay. before I started to serve. Okay. Matter of fact, even in like um in SF, um, I sucked. I didn't until until I got to the unit. I I I thought I knew how to shoot. <laughs> until I got to the unit and I was like, yeah. holy crap. I feel like that would this be is, you and me, this, you and me, Mike. We think we know how yeah, to shoot. This is the NFL there. here. You know, this is, this is <laughs> yeah. big leagues. What exactly you, what, where were you in special forces, right? Cause you were, you, you were in special forces and you were in yep. the army, correct? Right. So I was, I started in first group. I, I, I was SF baby. So I went to the Q course when I was 19 years old. 
Um, and then I went to, um, you know, vanilla SF unit first group, really good. A lot of experience, a lot of foreign internal defense and stuff like that. Um, Pat, I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt you, but I, I just want to say one thing really quick. S- self, uh, proclaimed you were sort of like a nerdy kid, right? Yeah. 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 So like, I mean, like, you know, we're, we're taking a kid that, you know, kind of toughened up a little bit in your teenage years, but yes. went into the military, but you know, you were not this like, um, traditional no. special forces guy. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Yeah. I had a metamorphosis late in my, te- or right in mid teens, you know, yeah. where I was very nerdy and quirky. And like I said, I, I rode a unicycle to school when I was 14 years old. How freaking nerdy Well, you do just you learned to how to juggle with it. What are you talking yes, about? Of course right, you rode it to right. school. And now look how awesome you are, man. You rock on everything. <laughs> yeah, so no, I was – but, you know, um, when I was uh, – right around 15, I started wrestling, and that changed – it, it, it changed my life. You know, sport changed my life. Sure. Yeah, competition, um, right? It was and, just like a switch. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I sucked my first two years, but that motivated but, you. Yeah. But, um, you know, all it took was winning my first match Yeah, and it's like, Oh man, I I, I want that again. <laughs> but it, you have to figure out how am I going to win it again? Yeah. You got to do more than just practice with the team. Right. You know, you got to lift yeah. weights. You got to run on your own. You got to seek out mother training. And you then, got you got to run but, up and down some steps in a garbage bag and lose a couple pounds before match. Right. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> you got to spit in a cup, you know. <laughs> what yep. What's your favorite uh, shooting hobby and competition? Did you 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 talked a little bit about the, you know, some of the um, uh, marksmanship programs, but but you have any others besides those? Um, you know, uh, I loved Ipsic. I like I, I loved them all. One of the, I think the one when I did the the all army small arms marksmanship championship. <laughs> it's a mouthful in Oh uh, four. Mm-hmm. I was still active and that was to me, uh, kind of a, um, I just really liked how the army marksmanship unit put that together because it was a f- five day competition, mm-hmm. you know, where it was a uh, three days rifle and, and everything was stock. It was M 16, a two iron sights. Mm-hmm. Everybody had the same shit. Uh, same gun, same ammo, yeah. all that crap. And it was national match. It was 500 yards and then two days of pistol. So that was probably the most, that was the funnest, I think, competition and the hardest. I mean, I took first, but it was, I, I had to work. You yeah. know, that was hard. It was, it was like 250 com- competitors. Um, but I really appreciated the Ipsic when I was doing that. And I even ran an Ipsic club, mm. but I made the matches hard so they weren't just running and gunning, you know, the tar- cardboard target two feet in front of you. You know, you had to discern and discriminate in these things. I mean, it was they were hard. So the Ipsic, you know, running and gunning guys, they were like, dude, what the hell, man? This shit friggin' sucks. But the, the marksmen loved it. They were like, oh, man, thank you for putting the headshots up and all these discriminating no shoots and, you know, and all yeah. this moving I have to do. Yeah. So when you when you were doing civilian marksmanship, did you ever do the uh, M1 Grand shoe? Because that's a big part of their program, I believe. Correct. Right. That's like high power. I never did that one. No. Okay. Mm-mm. I would love to, but I mean, I own one. Yeah. Do you? Do I, you still... I always say that if you own one, you could pronounce it correctly. <laughs> yeah. Do did I say Garand. it right? Wait. Did I say it right? <laughs> Garand. Oh. Oh. See, like I just learned yeah. something. Garand rhymes with errand. Okay. okay. All right. Do you but, still actively compete or are you really now, shooting for hobby? No, I, I kind of, um, the good thing is, is I still compete in my courses. Sure. Sure. Um, because I've set up courses of fire and I shoot, I, sh- I match round for round with all of the students. I'm not somebody who's standing on a podium saying, ready up, ready up, ready up. None good for you. Shit. Yeah. That yeah doesn't hell happen. No. no, I demonstrate the drill first then I do it with them. Now I've always got good, the skill set disparity in my courses is extremely wide. So I've got people who are semi noobs to dudes who are badass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the shit talking will start at some point between <laughs> cool. all the freaking guys who are badass. Yeah. And do I want to take them down? Hell yeah, I do. You <laughs> know, but uh, so, so there's always that element of competition there too, uh, where at some point when you get three or four, dudes in a course who could really shoot th- this is what they do you know they they're, they're like uh the cop that takes six courses a year on his own dime 
You know, yeah, he's serious yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, he's the gun geek. He's got all the freaking gear and shit because he's yeah. a single cop, man. That's what he, so he's into it. We call him buffs up here. That, that they're called Oh, right buffs. on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, with those guys, it's like they want that. They want me to try to burn them down and I yeah. want to burn them down. So, so it gets pretty, it gets pretty heated, you know, and, and, um, so it's sort of like I'm still competing to yep. some degree. Mm hmm. Even though I'm really not, there's no prize money in it or, or no, I, of course, I, I, I think that's competition. Yeah. But there is you know, shit talking rights. Yeah. You know, before I, I want to get to, to some Instagram stuff because you're a big Instagram, yeah, right? But before I get there, I just want to point out one thing to some listeners out there. You're big on the preparedness in your vehicle stuff. And yes, it's, it's, an, it's an area where I, I have to be honest, I'm a little, I'm lacking a bit, but it's mm -hmm. on my radar. It is yeah. on my radar yep. of buying gear. I'm going to hit up that mm -hmm. Walmart parking lot and I'm <laughs> going to go in with a hundred bucks and I'm going to come out with a ton of shit <laughs> and I will be ready for the apocalypse. But anyway, <clears throat> I just want that happens. Yeah. Until that happens. So right. why do you, cause you know, a lot of people would say I'm crazy. Like, ah, you know, mm -hmm. what situation are you going to come in? Why, I just want to know one thing. Give me your answer and we'll move on. Why is it so important to be prepared in your vehicle? Well, it's your, your, it's, it's, it's your mobility support vehicle, right? So you're, it's, it's, it is a vehicle of, um, it's a method of security for yourself and others, especially if you're with other people. So you never know when you're going to break down, end up in a traffic jam, like those folks in Virginia, um, when the roads are going to be closed where, uh, or, um, there's gas shortages, or if you are first responder on a scene, that's mm -hmm. the biggest mm -hmm. one, right? So if you are first responder on a scene, imagine the traffic wreck right in front of you, Yeah, man. right? Highway cars roll, you roll up in front of them, you get out to help. You don't have shit and people are bleeding out Yep. and it's nighttime. Mm. I mean, so you have, you have relinquished an opportunity to be Batman with a small B. You have given <laughs> that up. It's like, damn, man. And, and what do you do now? Flag down somebody else who is who's prepared and has first aid lights, um, you know, has uh, uh, traffic cones, uh, reflector vests, um, you know, all this stuff. They have water. They have security. So, um I think it's real important just to have minimal stuff. I built um, just small kits for my um, for my kids' cars. Yeah, you know, and I just stuffed it in a milk crate and stuffed it in their trunk, and I yep. walked them through which each one of these things are. Yeah, and it's peace of mind. Is shit gonna happen to them? Probably not, but um, <clears throat> you know, it's peace of mind if nothing else. There's a toolkit. There's a there's flashlights. There's chem lights. There's lickies and chewies. There's bottles of water. You know, yep. just stuff like that. I have to say, you didn't necessarily say this, Pat, but I'm feeling pretty good. I at least drive a tank every day. Like right my 22 foot Cadillac will get through yep. pretty much anything. So <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, mobility I, is survivability, my man. I have to say, one of the moments where I feel like I rose to the occasion was we were driving right at Keith, right outside of our neighborhood. I pulled out. And there was a car that just went off the road. It was flipped over, oh. and you know, luckily the the girl kind of made her way out. And uh, was was fine, but it was like absolute an absolute shit show. Cars were like, you know, people were rubbernecking. It's a, it's a, and, it's a busy road. Yeah, and I pulled over and I said to my wife, and I had I had uh, my son at the time, you know, was a was an infant. I said, I'm going to pull over. I said, you know, just stay in the car. And I just all I did was direct traffic. I kept moving people along, kind of like you know, hey, are you okay? Like, let's sit you off to the side. And eventually, Ellie came and 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 I said, uh, officer, if you're good, I'm gonna I'm gonna take yep. off. I think you can handle this. Yeah, but I mean, I felt like the man, you know, like until that guy came, like I was the dude, you know, I, I was running shit. I was running yep. shit. Yeah, so no, anyway. But that's what I mean. It feels good, right? So, yeah. you know, that first responder, you know, I've, I've got go bags, you know, so I could jump out, grab that go bag and go right into action until I get somebody there. And then the first person you get there, you have to tell them, call 911. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, sometimes people forget. You know, and, and if I'm if I've got to stop bleeding, I'm probably not going to call nine one one right yeah, now. Yeah, I need to yeah. stop bleeding. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I've been on I've been first responder on tons of scenes because I used to travel so much. Yeah. So, and most of them were pretty benign, but a couple were bad, really bad. Yeah. A couple of them, you know, were this person is dead, so let me just wait for assistance. All right. Yes, you're an EMT. 
that person's dead. Am I good here? Can I leave now? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yep. So, so Mac, completed. you're known for uh, you're known for your Instagram following, and and yeah, man, you do a segment on Instagram called Basic Dude Stuff. Basic and Dude Stuff. There it is. See, I can't do the justice. <laughs> not that, not as nah. good as he did. No, nah, he's good at it. <laughs> it's his thing, so he's good at it. But uh, this is where you showcase a lot of your uh, your impressive and your varied skills. But uh, even you have admitted, I, I think I heard an interview where you said that you almost fell into somewhat of a mediocrity after leaving the military. Oh, yeah. How did you combat this? And, and what advice do you have for others who might be struggling with similar issues on this? Oh, man. See, this is a tough one because for some reason, I was able to pull my self out of a rut where a lot of people can't do that. Can't they do need it. a support mechanism. Yeah. They need a kick in the ass. Now in understanding that that's what I do for a lot of people. I give them one kick in the ass and I try to ignite, you know, a flame from their ember. If there is an ember left. And after that, if they can't kick themselves in the ass, I'm done with them. Yeah. You know, really, because I had to do it by myself. Now uh, I had a, a I went to a rheumatologist today mm-hmm. and he told me, he said, damn, I can't believe how motivated you are and all this stuff. He says, I've gained all this weight and humma humma. I says, you know, sometimes it's all about perspective. I mean, you, you, you can't get out of this rut for you. You have to get out of it for the people who love and who are counting on you. And he looked at me like, holy shit, man. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. <laughs> Cause I know he's got a family and kids. That, that's what did it for me. Yeah, man. I mean, you gotta, cause that's what did it for me. I was deep, dark. I mean, almost capitulated to darkness. And I had a talk with my little sweet boy one night and, uh, and it was just enough to remind me, Holy shit, man, dude, these kids are relying on me, per, yeah. just me alone, not on their mom. Cause she sucked. <laughs> um, no, really. I mean, it was, it was bad. It was a whole lengthy process, but, uh, so that's what, you yeah. know, made me put a rubber band around my neck and snap the hell out of it was, yeah. man, it's not about me. It's, I, I gotta be here for them. Yeah. So that's, that's a big one. People, you, you can't be self-absorbed and think, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. No, that, look at, a, look around. People are counting on you. That's tough these days. That self-absorbed thing is pretty yep. common, but you know, people must suggest things for, for you to do on basic dude stuff. Absolutely. You know, all, the time. all the time. So what are some all of your time. favorites and what are some um, of the ones? There's, that, only, there's only a few that I've, you, where I went, dude, good idea. Because so many of them I give me, I've give me, used. give me, give me one or one of them at least. Or stand by. Let me think real quick. Someone said one right. recently, and I went, dude, I'm going to use that. I'll um, ask you another question while you're thinking. All right. Yeah. Um, and how about some, there's got to be some that you would just will never do. So tell everyone yep. to stop asking. <laughs> right. Well, the ones I will, here's, I'm not going to say uh, pissing the shit stain off of toilet bowl. <laughs> or, well, and here's the reason. I'm not going to say, even though it is, I'm not going to say giving your wife is an orgasm is basically <laughs> stuff, even though it is. Yeah. Because, and here's the reason I have a lot of little kids following me. Yeah. yeah. A lot. I mean, little kids, I, I get every single day, I get at least two videos from some little kid around the world sending me a basic dude, dude stuff video. Uh, that's at awesome. Least, cool. At least two a day, at least. Pat yeah. Mac is a kid guy. So stop yes. asking for the X rated stuff. Yeah. I even stopped like early on when I was first doing it, I would talk about beer or, you know, smoking a cigar. And I went, Nope. Once I really so had really to keep it. Yeah. So I had to keep it, you know, as clean as possible. PG baby. So, so did you come yeah. up with one that, uh, that someone had suggested that you thought was good? Oh man. Uh, this is on the spot. Uh, uh, like backing up a trailer, I haven't done that one yet, only because I don't have a trailer. Oh, that would. Be but good. I know yeah. how to back up a trailer. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so that's I, a great one. I'll go to something more in your wheelhouse and my wheelhouse too, and and yep. that is your Instagram. I don't have Instagram, but uh, yep. through the wonderful world of Google, you can still like look at pictures on people's Instagram. Yep. Right. Um, so I see that you're almost always near your GTO. Right. And when I'm work- doing my workouts, and I'm a huge car guy, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a '65, right? Yes. Is it uh is it a tri power or do you have a four barrel on it? It's the Carter four barrel. Okay. Good question, my okay. man. Yep. Uh, now I, and there's a reason I have that in the background because it's eye candy and yeah. it'll keep people dude, I know very much about human attention span. <laughs> you know, and I really play to that. 
Well, notice like eye. BDS or workout clips. They're they're not longer than nine seconds because human beings have the attention span less than that of a goldfish right now. Yeah. Yes. So Mac, what's her name? Quickly. What's, what's her that? name? Who? Your oh, car. Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte. yeah. yeah. Well, She's a good like... run in matching numbers. All original. Ooh, yeah. Um, so any any. Um, uh, any restoration that I've done has been all OEM, no bullshit, That's no cool. freaking resto mod crap. I, yep. I grew up or, you know, I've grown up around cars all my life and I was fortunate in my early mid to late twenties for a solid 10 years, I took care of a really, really nice car collection and he had a lot of GTOs. He had 64 through 72 oh my God. and, um, oh. the 64 was a tri-power uh, 67 mm. was a tri-power and they were just beautiful car. I mean, the first time I, I remember driving that 64, it was like, that's the, that's the car that defined muscle car. Like yep. that, that was the car that made that name. That's you know? the goat. Well, it, 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 you are correct. They, uh, Pontiac coined that term muscle car. Correct. Mm. And they, it was the 19 the and, it, and, it, and it was 64 GTO that did it. Yep. And, um, I just, I, I, I saw it and I was like, man, that's a cool car. And I, I, I'm glad to hear that it's original. That was obviously the best way to hear about Keith's it. He's my car guy. Mm. If I have a car question, that's right. Yeah, go. for sure. I, I'm a, right now I'm into steamboats with wheels, but we can, we can talk about that <laughs> off the air. Um, was I, it, I just remembered a BDS that somebody recommended. Okay. And I haven't done it yet, but it's great. And I'm going to purposely make a hole, a dent in my sheetrock in the garage so I can repair that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah that would be one. a good one. Yeah, yep. yeah. Because I've done tons of that before. And I was like, dude, man, that is that is pretty much – you could go to a hardware store and get a quick tutorial so it's not advanced shit, man. Yeah. They could tell you, buy this screening, buy what, this – What you should do is you should punch a hole in the sheetrock and do something right. about like keeping your tempers, basic dude stuff. Right. right. Yeah. Well, I have done that, maintaining – yeah, uh, right, keeping – yep, I have but, done but that. But when one. you can't, we'll show you how to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> was uh, one more – was that GTO like a poster car, a poster, you know, child – or a poster for you as a child, sorry? Uh, Yeah, it was – it. So like you, I believe I was a muscle car fan when I was a teenager. Yep. I used to get hot rod magazine. I used to buy it for myself. I used to, you know, had the subscription to that. And, um, I grew up on a street with a bunch of muscle car heads. Um, and you know, through life, I, I wanted a muscle car and that was one of my tops Okay. because it was my birth years. We were both born in 65. Cool. And, you know, first muscle car. And so 65 was 64 was first year, but 65 was first production year. Yep. And, um, and then it just happened one day. That's I cool. just overheard a conversation and I've, man, talk about poker face, you, <laughs> you know, just in the right place I, at the right time. And now it's your right place in the right time. And dude needed money. Perfect. Mm. And he he owned it for 21 years, so wow. he's he had it for a long time. Wow. Well, now he, you he got cried it. when I he cried when I drove off with it. Now you got it, and you look like you're being a good caretaker for it. So thank oh, you. Oh man, I've done so much nickel and dime, really just um, labor of love, you know. But she doesn't need a lot. No, no, she looks in um, good shape. No, yeah, I mean, you know, like uh, went ahead and you know front end rebuild, springs all the way around. I got the coker tires, uh, headers. Wow. Um, you know, all the roof rail and rubber around. It, it needed all that stuff, you know, but I went all OEM with it, all the well, insulation Mike, and everything. Mike and I are going to have to come and do a training with you locally and you yeah. know, take me for a spin. For just, sure, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just took a neighbor for a spin here. He was visiting his son and he was an older guy. And he said, man, I sure would like to have a look at that. And I just went down to his house and picked him up. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's cool. So Mac, I want to get onto some more fun and games here, but yeah, before, yeah, yeah. We, before we do that, where can people find you? I have a lot of stuff in the show notes, but where you tell us where we can find you. Predominantly, uh, two different places. T Max Inc. T M A C S I N C is either my website or my IG. You know, and off of my IG is the link tree to everything else, including uh, University of Badassery, where we do we CJ and I do podcasts on that and. Um, uh, uh, we have a lot of, uh, fun with that, um, with that brand university of badass. You're, you're and, the second person I've ever met to use the word badassery. It's uh, right on. Cool. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Uh, now we use that with conviction now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, I have a online coaching squad. So it's, uh, 
the Pat and Matt Keep the Blaze Alive coaching squad on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, that's a lot of fun too. Got about 500 members on there. Uh, but those are the big places. Mac, cool. you don't do anything half-assed, and I love it. Yeah, damn straight. Nah, try not to, man. Try not to. Good yeah. for you. So listen, speaking of not half-assing it, we have a show, a uh, game show that we do on here called Run and Gun. Yeah. And Ooh, uh, it's a ten- I, think, I think Pat Mac could take it. Oh, he's going to take it. <laughs> have you not heard? He does not fail at shit. I don't, listen. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, Mac, uh, it is a 10-question right. rapid-fire game. Uh, first it. thing that comes to your mind. Yep. All right, here we go. Number one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection? It's my Carolina Arms Group Blaze Ops 1911 in 45, single stack. <laughs> what gun would you buy if money was no object? If money were no object, I would have to go with it. M2HB 50 cal. I mean, who wouldn't want that John <laughs> Moses Browning masterpiece? If you could have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be? Guy Fieri. Favorite caliber? Uh, it, it, it's kind of a evolved to or devolved to nine millimeter favorite hobby not gun related uh fishing if you could have one superpower what would it be flying all hell breaks loose is it better to be armed or trained trained i like that answer is it better to be loved or feared uh i'm gonna say loved rifle pistol or shotgun rifle you're in the worst scenario imaginable who do you want to have your back other than your spouse Dude, uh, probably, uh, mm, damn, man. Uh, I'm going to say my buddy Wes. Let's mix it up. The last one was tough because other than your spouse, damn, That's why it's there. And And then you have to think, do you want friend training? Trust, you know, all that yeah. shit. You uh you weren't the fastest, but it was it right. was good. You, yeah. you you had some good sp- you had some uh some And good- I have to say, I know how much your wife means to you, so I knew that was gonna give you a lot of trouble. Well, plus she's badass. Yeah. <laughs> she's badass. She's her her, her, her she, she's got a really good uh um awareness, you know, and uh attention to detail. She picks shit up, plus she could fight and shoot. Nice. Oh, nice. Perfect. So listen, on Let's Mix It Up tonight, we are going to talk about Pat Max combat strength training. Now, oh, I, I've been dreading this. I have I, I I am I'm a purchaser of this ebook. I bought it a, a year or two ago. I know there's someone out there right now, they're about to shut off the show. Don't shut off the show because you're thinking, what does this have to do with shooting? Keith is probably thinking this too. Keith's about, to, <laughs> Keith's about to walk out the door. But listen, when you are in a dynamic critical incident, when you are in a situation that is changing moment to moment, and let's be honest, when chaos ensues, you need to be ready, right? <laughs> and so part of that is, listen, having a gun is a great start to that, but it is not the only thing. And being in shape and fit can definitely bridge that gap. So the first question I have for you Mac is performance versus outcome based training. Mm-hmm. Give it to yep. me. Well, outcome based training can be simply defined as execution with consideration of the consequence. Will I succeed or will I fail? And a lot of programming kind of replicates that where you're adhering to a standard, you know, that some dude wrote down and put in a book. It's how many, how much, how fast it doesn't, it doesn't apply to everybody. Um, where performance-based training recognizes that we all perform differently and performance can be measured by doing what we can with what we have. So performance asks how well, where is my home and how can I personally make an incremental improvement to the structure of my home? There's a saying I coined that says, if you cloned yourself yesterday, can you kick your clone's ass tomorrow? I love it. I I say that all the time. I I don't know if I got it from you, but yeah, I like that. It's an incremental improvement, right? Incremental improvement. And that could be balance. It could be wits. It could be um, strength, speed, whatever it is, you know, but it's an incremental thing. Yeah. So if I could just stop you right there. So first off, yep. Keith and I are two completely different people. He is a very big man, big Keith, <laughs> and I yep. am a small little speedster. <laughs> and uh, I started doing jujitsu probably uh, about five years ago. And yep. I am, I'm a blue belt, but I'm not the best blue Ooh. belt but I would kick the living shit out of me five years ago. Right. I would kick the yeah. living shit out of me five years ago. And that's the God's mm-hmm. honest truth, you know? Yep. Um, and what I like about your um, methodology is that it's, it's really is you against you. And, you know, right. I mean, Keith, you've seen some transformation yourself. I was going to say, I could definitely outrun the me five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Good, good, good. Yeah. Yep. 
So, Mac, what are some of the problems with CrossFit? Because CrossFit's a big thing, but like, what are some of the issues? I know I have my own personal, I've done it, I have my own issues with it, but what are some things why where your programming is different than CrossFit? Well, let me talk good about CrossFit before I talk bad about it. You know, it's done a lot for the fitness industry, you know, because there's group dynamic and it motivates people, especially people who lack self-motivation. That's that herd mentality. Right, right. So it's done a lot of good. But, you know, as I was doing my combat strength training programming out of a CrossFit gym, and I thank CrossFit for this, I... I learned what not to do because CrossFit a lot of times teaches people the right way to do an exercise wrong. So it's, it is the prime example of outcome-based training execution with consider of the consequence. Will I succeed or will I fail? It's how many, how much, how fast there's no, you, you, one is you're going to get stuck in a loop of uh, complacent adaptation, mm. you know, where you're doing the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. And there's too much replication of one thing and guys were getting hurt. Yep. You know, if, if your demographic is 25, you don't have to freaking worry about it. <laughs> right. But dudes, dudes freaking north of 40, they were always hurt in the CrossFit gym. Yeah. Always. They were always nursing something. I was hurt a lot because, and you tell me if I'm wrong on this, Mac, but, you know, when you start doing like uh, ollie lifts and stuff and you're For doing, time. you know, you're doing stuff that's <clears throat> really technical, mm-hmm. when you do one or two of them, it's at the right weight and the right programming, it's pre- it, it's doable. But now you start doing EMOMs and you start doing yeah. like, yeah, tons and tons of, uh, of repetition. It's very easy to lose your, your, um, uh, the, the way that you're supposed to do it, right? The proper yeah, technique. Well, yeah. And, and you're relying on some freaking nerd who had a weekend seminar <laughs> and now he's qualified to teach you how to do an only left. Yeah. I'm going to go with the guy with the four year degree, you know, yeah. and to teach me how to do an only left. Um, because I was never taught how to do one right until I went with that guy with the, with a degree. And I went, Holy shit, man, I was doing these wrong forever. <laughs> but, um, the other thing is I noticed, uh, with, you know, CrossFit neglected a bunch of shit. Like, um, they treated everybody the same, even though they say you could scale this stuff, <laughs> but nobody wanted to scale it. Right. And then everybody capitulated to the whiteboard. Yep. Dude, if you're sore, that there's a reason for that. Don't do the same shit you did yesterday. Yeah. Power should happen one day a week, man. You know, <laughs> and strength one day a week. Not yeah. power, power, power. Yep. You're gonna jack your freaking shit up. And the other thing is, you know, every once in a while they'd say, Hey, can you want to do our wad with us? And I would be like, Oh man, it sounds so gay, but yes, I'll do your wad. <laughs> <laughs> and um <clears throat> I would walk out of the gym it uh, like completely freaking smoked. Yeah. You don't want to work out of the walk out of the gym incapacitated. I want to walk out of the gym and be able to jack somebody up, ballistic microfight, and sprint 400 meters. Um, so you you know there's there's a real slippery slope there. Hard work is freaking awesome, um, but under recovery is a thing too. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to get to your programming, but you are, you can see the difference here. You say Oli lift and my New York accent is like, Hey, Ollie lift, yeah. you know, like, so, <laughs> but, uh, so you break your, um, you break your program into some subtasks. So you do yeah. um, speed and quickness day, you do power day, strength day, and hypertrophy day, which is basically you're you're starting to like tone those muscles up and really concentrate. Right. That's your bodybuilding day. Correct. And then you do abs every day. You do some balance and flexibility in there. And that's the programming. Yep. So uh, the I, first thing, I, I have a question for you. Actually, two questions for you. My first question mm-hmm. is, can you explain to the guy out there that's listening right now who's a gun guy? And he's like, why are they talking about CrossFit? Right. Yeah. Why is this important to the gun owner, the, the guy who's trying to protect his family? Tell us why this right. connects. Can't I just it's carry easy. a golf bag for 18 holes? Like, isn't that enough? Yeah. <laughs> it's easy because fighting is fighting. Whether it's with your fists or with, your, with a gun, there's going to be kinetics you have to move. Shooting a moving target is very difficult. Plus, mobility equals survivability. You have to be able to boogie. And as the agent in charge of your executive protection detail, <laughs> you might be shooting strong hand only because you are protecting somebody with your other arm. Or, you know, you might be bracing them, stick, stuffing them into a car. You might be carrying them. So uh, you, you, we're not, you know, too many people live in the flat range world. Yeah. So they have flat range itis. And they think they're great. But, dude, that's not how a gunfight freaking happens, man. You're going to be moving from yep. piece of cover to piece of cover, maybe around people. 
And it's not going to be just straight line. You know, there's going to be quickness and, and agility in there. You yeah. know, you have to be good. And it, it, you don't have to be a, an absolute freaking cheater, stallion, you know, mobility king. But you have to move your body expeditiously over a chunk of ground to be able to save your own life. So fighting, fighting is fighting. There's going to be movement. I'm getting over a little case of the Rona here, and um, I'm still yeah. coughing. My 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 lungs aren't right. Yeah, yeah. And I got back yeah. to the uh, the jujitsu gym, and I'm trying to get more rounds in. I'm trying to like get my wind back. And I got to tell you, it, it's been a while. My skill set is diminished. My lungs are diminished, and I'm getting absolutely smoked by people. I mean, I'm getting destroyed by you know uh, white belts are, are destroying me, and and that's pretty common for blue belts anyway. But it doesn't matter. Um, my point of this is having, and we've heard this from so many guests on this show, having the gun is not the solution, right? Like fighting is dynamic. There's so many mm-hmm. different situations. Sometimes it's <clears throat> avoiding the fight. Sometimes yep. it's using your verbal judo. Sometimes it's, yep. you know, there's a lot of a lot of things that go into this. And part of this equation that we're trying to build for these people out there, uh, my, and I need to improve on it, I know that, is that fitness part because it is definitely part of the equation. It's part of fighting, it's part of guns, it's part of the entire equation. So I do have one question because I have read your book from cover to cover. Yep. And it's a programming question. I The thing I can't figure out, so I do like a five by five, that's my power day. Um, your, or yeah, strength day. Yes, my, oh, sorry, my strength day, yeah, thank yep. you. Uh, but like when it comes to things like power day and speed and quickness, mm-hmm. um, I can't figure out how you program the session. In other words, how do I know how much is enough? If I'm hitting the speed bag or the double end bag, how do I know how long, how many, that kind of a thing? So I have a formula that says work in anaerobic chunks in circuit to near metabolic threshold to meet an aerobic goal. So what does that mean? So work in anaerobic chunks. So you know what that is without oxygen, right? Work in these anaerobic chunks. So power day. Power is an anaerobic movement, right? So big movements, no speed, no power. Other thing when we're doing power, we want to work triphasic. So we want to work in all uh, in the complete muscle spectrum. So we want to go uh, fast on the concentric, hold on the uh, isometric, slow on the eccentric. You know, you know that much. And you it's all in the book. About, right? It's all in the book. <clears throat> right, right. Yep. Now, the other thing is how much power can you do effectively? Because once again, no speed, no power. So for me, it's like. 10 to 15 reps or one minute, right? Something like that, depending okay. on the movement. Okay. So uh, I'm trying to think of a power movement that everybody knows. So, well, everybody knows uh, a clean. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't do a lot of cleans. I do a lot of unorthodox stuff, but everybody knows what a clean is. Okay. So you load it, right? You load it because you don't want to jerk it off the ground. You you start slow, then it's boom, fast, concentric, hold, eccentric or isometric and then slow on the eccentric so for and those that aren't those that aren't well versed in this we're, we're talking about as an explosive movement that right. then sort of i don't want to say stalls but slows mm-hmm. down right correct right and sort of so, load, and then sort of like load back up and then do it again yep yep <clears throat> and then so let's say you're doing 10 of those that's going to be about uh, you know a minute the yep. ish ish then you take your whatever your walk to your next apparatus which is maybe 15 seconds just to slow the heart rate down a little bit and then you start your next exercise okay whatever it is and you do that for let's say 10 reps or one minute then you slow down and you go to your next thing and i like to try to put five together five power movements together and then you just rotate them through five times so now you got 30 minutes you got 30 minutes of workout you're doing a five by five but like if we were doing speed and quickness you might do like hitting the double end bag for a minute straight correct walk over to another spot in the gym and you do five uh, sorry one minute of uh, mountain climbers and then you do i got you yep 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 and then five of those five exercises for five revolutions and then you know i've i've uh, um because speed, speed and quick, that's your day when you're going to do sprints maybe too, maybe sprints on a bicycle, um, do your jump rope, uh, your your ladder drills, all that stuff. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Because yep. we want to work, if you're working out right, all you need is like 30 minutes, you know, that doesn't include warm up. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for anyone that's out there, it's an inexpensive and it's a very quick read. Uh, it's an ebook and I do have the link on our show notes. So it is out there. You know, I, I want to thank you, Pat, for coming on the show and, uh, and sharing your story. 
as well as all your tips and tricks to make us all more well-rounded, whether it be behind the trigger, our physical conditioning, basic dude stuff. Um, yep. But be sure to check out his website, all his social media. Uh, you know, it's it's all out there. Just use the Google machine and you'll find it. But you're you're a real great personality. You're a, you're a great person to have in this industry. And oh, I'm glad we were able to have you on the show. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank, thank you for coming on the show. We, we, uh, we do really appreciate it. It was great talking to you, Pat. Appreciate it. It was fun. You guys are great hosts. Thank you. I appreciate that. So to everybody listening, we want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to tune into our show. You can find links in the show notes to all of our social media. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so we can keep the conversation going. 